Hi guys, uh, welcome to the GB Pageantry HQ podcast. Um, this is season one, episode five, and we have a wicked guest for you. I'm so looking forward to speaking to um, Andrea Day from Cancer Research. Obviously, you guys will probably know if you follow GB that Cancer Research is one of our biggest um, supporters, and we are of them um, as well. So massive welcome to the GB Pageantry podcast HQ. Uh, Andrea Day, how are you? I'm really good, ma'am. I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> you'll be absolutely wicked I know we we're having a chat before we actually came live and started recording um and you know I, I've spoken to you a good number of times actually in person and you're probably the easiest person to have a conversation with so I'm pretty sure you'll be absolutely awesome and this will, I reckon this will probably be the biggest watch uh or viewed podcast that that we do without a doubt so thank you, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, so put your nerves. Do my best. Let's talk about some cool stuff uh, to put you at ease first. So you came from a retail background into working for Action for Children, and mm -hmm. spent fourteen years uh, with those guys doing, no doubt, some amazing stuff. But I want to really dive in straight away to two thousand and ten when you joined Cancer Research. So talk to me about um, how all that came about and how you ended up there. Yeah, so um, I applied for the job back in I think it was September time of twenty ten. Um, and it was work uh, covering my colleague's area and she does Nottinghamshire. She was going on maternity leave and um, yeah, I applied and it was a, a 12 month fixed term contract for her maternity leave. And yeah, nearly 14 years later, the rest is history. Here that's I a long, am. that's a long pregnancy. <laughs> she was having going off to have a year off. So I was straight into the charity and um, I remember her handing me a, a mobile phone and um a great handover document because she's a brilliant relationship manager even even to this day and um she said there you go Andrea I'm off to have my baby and, and you know anything right okay I'm going to cover Nottinghamshire from Lincolnshire this is going to be fun but yeah it was it was good and here I am still talking about it today so awesome so what what role did you actually step into so what what's the actual title and what is your title now so back in the day we were called area volunteer managers today we'll call relationship managers because that's basically the job so that the new title really encompasses what we do we build relationships and we work with supporters um so yes we've done quite had a quite a lot of changes over the years but fundamentally we do the same job wicked and is that for you to um so is your if you were to boil down the role and what you're doing within the role is it generally bringing relationships with people that you've already got as supporters for Cancer Research UK or is it finding new opportunities or, or both? It's a really good question because you've, you've absolutely got both of them correct. So yes, we work with supporters that have been with us for sometimes 40, 50, 60 years, but also acquisition is a real key element of our role. So we're looking all the time to build new relationships and build new partnerships, whether that's with individuals or corporate um, partners or groups of, you know, fundraising groups of people that have come together. Maybe they've lost someone or maybe they've gone through a cancer journey and they've come through the other side. So people have lots and lots of different reasons. So, yeah, the role is very much, you know, bringing people with us, new, new volunteers, new supporters, but also nurturing and bringing those people that have been with us through the whole CIUK journey from whatever age up to possibly even leaving us a legacy in their will so yeah it's it's a big varied role 
That's cool. And what in the time that you've been because you know you've almost well, you've been with them thirteen years, nearly fourteen years, almost as long as you're at Action for Children. So it makes it a massive impact. You know, nearly thirty years of your of your life spent uh, donating to charitable um, endeavors, as it were, or, or the charitable career, if I can put it in that in that box. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. What would you say has been your your biggest triumph, I suppose, within that, you know, what what did you walk away from go, do you know what, that's made a big dent in in what we're trying to do? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the Miss Great Britain partnership, we can talk about that at some point, I'm sure, during during this, the podcast. Um, I think, looking back, um, I remember cutting a really long story short, a 12 year story. I remember going to meet some supporters back in, I think it was around 2011. And there were a group of ladies, um, and there were the met the chair of the group. So she'd she'd fundraise for us for like 50 years, and she was in her early 80s. And I was going to meet her and the treasurer at that point, and there were amazing volunteers. And I remember driving to meet them thinking they're gonna say they want to retire. I mean, like I said, the chair was in her early 80s. And I remember thinking, wow, you know, they've raised 350000 pounds um I just knew it was going to be an important one and I was ready for the you know I'm in my 80s and she absolutely deserved to step down and so I thought this is how can we keep these people with us they were amazing they're still an amazing family um they're very well connected they're they've got an amazing presence in that town and I went to meet her and I remember like listening two ears, one mouth, listening to them, listening to what they'd done, listening to what they'd achieved. And I remember saying, I'll tell you something then, why don't we do one last event to celebrate what you've done for Cancer Research UK over the years? And yeah, we ended up, they said, oh, okay, then Andrea, we'll we'll do that. And we did a, a lunch and we had a speaker from the local radio. It was an absolute sellout event. Um, and it kind of sowed that seed that they wanted to keep doing something. And then the following year, I remember um, nominating the chair for um, what we call in the charities a Flame of Hope Award. And I nominated her and she became an honorary fellow of Cancer Research UK. And kind of momentum just started picking up again. Her family got involved. The community became more involved. Our volunteering department contacted me and said, would, would this lady, um, she would kind of qualify for an MBE. And I remember doing the application and um, basically if you do an MBE application, you leave it for two years, forget about it. Um, and to cut a long story short, yes, yeah, she she was got an MBE in 2015 from Prince William. And um, she's still the chair today. And wow. she's 96 nearly. I was trying to do the maths in my head and mental arithmetic is not my strong point, but I was thinking like, surely this must now be like a a legacy almost MBE. I don't even know if they do that, but so she's still alive at 96. Yeah. And and still, and and you know what, that, that really talks to, uh, I I love personal development and, uh, uh, and just self-development. Some people call it self-help, put it in that box. Yeah. That, That really speaks to the, object of having a purpose to to fulfill to to having having a job quote unquote to do 
and life span is just so intrinsically in, 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 uh, linked. So I, I just wonder how much of what she's doing in terms of being at the forefront of what you've just explained is actually, you know, supplying her life force as well. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, she's incredible. And um, for years, I will say also that they went on and they've now raised 800,000. So, wow. I had the, so I had the retirement discussion with them back in 2011. When they were in their ripe old 80s. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the chair was in her early 80s. And she said, Andrea, I'm ready for a rest. And I remember thinking, no, you're not, because <laughs> we've got work to do. And we've got science to fund. And You've yeah, got at least 20 like, years left to go before we start exactly. talking about it. Even now, even now I say to her, look, Maureen, we've got work to be done. Yeah. You know, you, she, you, know, you can't me. retire until you've hit the million. I will say to you though, it's it's good. There is some uh, a lovely message here because over the years she's been saying to me, we really need to get someone, Andrea, to fill my role. Because she was, you know, I'd say you need to delegate more, and so many more people getting involved, and they do they've done amazing events, and ju they're just superstars. And it's kind of sometimes like you've got to be patient because over the years we've been having the conversation. So I've gone along to their events. I've spoke to, you know, people that have been to their events. I've got a really good relationship with the family. And we've just had um, a lady similar age to me who said to the family, who's a, a friend of theirs, I'll take the legacy forward and we'll get it to a million pounds. So Maury, bless her, she's stepped back a little bit. We're giving her a bit of time off and she's just, have we collected that check? Have we done? And I say, it's all in hand, Maureen, don't worry. So she is an MBE, um, she's 96, and we're going to take that group to a million pound mi a milestone, which, and and we've just heard we've got um, a full legacy. Uh, also a friend of the families that he just said to me, I need to have a word with you. I've just left my full estate to Cancer Research UK. I've been so inspired by this family, I've, I've watched what you do over the years and what you've done and it's really inspired me so yeah I think that story's kind of you know when you think what at what point will I retire but then I can't because I really like it too much so that's a, like a fantastic story yeah. and, you know it's mind-blowing and what's really nice is is it's not it's not come from like say a huge corporate or something like that it's been yeah. an individual or a family Immunity, yeah. That's made a huge difference, you know. And yeah. you know, to have a figurehead there that's ninety six, to that that's still pushing forward and you know still wanting to be involved, it's kind of like that that weird dichotomy, isn't it? It's like you want to step back, but you still want to be you, you still want to be really involved, you know, at the same time. So oh, absolutely, that's, that's a wicked yeah. story. It really is. It is, and yeah, that's what keeps me going every day. I think basically. <laughs> And so let's um, let's sort of swing it round to um, to pageantry and what have you, and, and sort of the I guess the theme of uh, of the podcast is is where did you first come across pageantry? So I can remember seeing um, the amazing Dion Robertson on the TV back in back in the day, a few years ago, um, and I remember I had a 17, 18, just eighteen year old Rebecca at that point. And I remember saying, wow, Rebecca Dion's amazing. And we were we were watching her on the TV like, and I said, why don't you do it? And she thought she always danced. She's a, she was a dancer till, um, you know, till she was nearly 20. And 
she said, oh, mom, I couldn't do it. And I said, oh, fair. And you know, when you just think, oh, that was just like an over lunch kitchen conversation. And then she said to me, you know, a couple of days later, mom, I've been on the website and I think I'm going to apply for Miss Miss Lincolnshire. And um, we had a real giggle about it. But she was so young, you know, and um, yeah, she went to the live heat. Um, Oh, I'm trying to think where it was. Melton Mowbray, I think. Yeah, as an 18-year-old, never been on a never she'd been as on a stage as a dancer, but as in pageantry, she was very underconfident. Um she had a new job with Disney in Paris. So she had a lot going on, but she was still at college and she won the live heat um and went to Miss Great Britain in the September 2017. Wow. She was in awe of a girl called Saffron Hart. I don't know if you know her. Never heard of her. No. Well, anyway, Saffron was, you know, in her 20s, confident, beautiful. And yeah, and I think, but Rebecca had the best time. It literally, I think she felt like a superstar. It's just the most, of all the stages she danced on, that was the most iconic. And um, yeah, she, she, she did it. Saffron was the new Miss Great Britain. And from that point, I kind of knew of, obviously, I, I mean, I was born in you know 1969, so I'd grown up with my mum and my sister watching Miss Great Britain on the TV and scoring and scoring the dresses and how they walked and, and everything. But, um, yeah, so, I'm, so of course I knew it from growing up, but seeing seeing it firsthand and then I kind of obviously had Kate and Gemma on Facebook and I knew what what the organization stood for and I remember them seeing a post and they were looking for a new charity and they'd worked with us once before and I remember thinking why did that not continue what did we do it wasn't it wasn't me it was another relationship manager um and that it had been fine that had raised an amazing amount of money but it probably wasn't utilized and well, no, I just think it's strong relationships are vital. It's in the um, title, isn't it, at the end of the day? Relationship yeah. manager, yeah. you know? <laughs> if you don't manage yeah. the relationships, then relationships break down, I guess. Precisely. And, yeah, that's the format of the start of everything, isn't it? So, yeah, I remember um, putting a pitch together and sending a pack off and speaking to my manager about, you know, Miss Great Britain. And then, you know, we, we've worked with, with you ever since and it's just been absolutely phenomenal it's one of my most favorite I can't say the can I because other people might listen but (laughs) it's a really exciting partnership and it's yeah it's just a pleasure working with you and Saffron as as I know that you know that you know and absolutely you know vice versa because it is something that's um particularly close to obviously Saffron's heart uh, with uh, Saffron Hearts heart <laughs> because obviously um losing her dad at, at such a young age through head and neck cancer um you know it was something that we were both really super keen to keep that relationship as you know as tight as possible so um do you know how much the miss great britain brand has raised for you guys now to total yeah we've just hit one hundred and fifty thousand. wowzer in in what in what time frame so that was back i think it was 2015 and then we've we've done, I think we're on the fourth one. So we've done one. So that's 
three over three fundraising years and then just what we've done so far this year so, it's, so yeah, does that include this, this year's total so yeah, yeah. It's, i think it's gone over one hundred and fifty thousand now yeah there's some big numbers at, in this, this this year looking at the page i'm i mean not as though i'm refreshing it 20 times a day <laughs> i have quite a few fundraising pages on my phone and yeah, yeah. I'll say, Mom, put your phone down. <laughs> yeah, I've got to say, and for Alex's wish, you know, the the, wow. the local charity that we're that we support. I remember talking to you guys at the masterclass, uh, yeah. and I think you you said around two hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, so quarter yeah. million has been raised within yeah. those. I think we averaged it at four and a half years, didn't we, over the span over yeah. the two. I think it's maybe yeah. five years and then four years for for you guys. So averaged it at four and a half, and a quarter million quid is not a small amount of number it's an amazing partnership as emma said from alex's wish who um yeah i will say it's just a privilege to work with her i, I we might speak about imposter syndrome while well, i get it with emma you know when she's up speaking i think oh god i wish i could do as good a job as emma <laughs> you do but, equally as good oh, thank you. for someone who speaks uh fairly regularly you know i swear i i don't i'm not just blowing smoke up your backside you know how you thank both you. come across is is exceptional it really is the ability to tell a story and and one hold it together because you know it's a very very sensitive subject to uh, on all levels whether that's to yourself or to the people that you're affecting in the audience you know at the masterclass there really wasn't a dry eye uh, in the house so that um you know that ability to be able to do that and hold it together is 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 really impressive it's not always easy matt no you know, it really isn't and I, you know, it's, we, we just mentioned Emma, when Emma's speaking about Alex, I just think I couldn't do that if it was one of my girls. I couldn't do what Emma does and gets up and she, she tells the story, exactly how it, you know, panned out for them as a family. And I think, wow, she's she's something else. So, yeah, we're privileged. it's great for us to work alongside them. We love it. Yeah, and that's great that there's not any kind of, compete or not that there would be animosity but like the, no. this isn't going over here you know everything is split down the middle between between both yeah. of you. and uh, it's a huge shout out to the the gb girls from you know previous years as well as but as well as the the girls from this year they've really um really got behind everything this year as well and uh and oh, in yeah. you know i don't i don't really talk to the whole political cost of living and all this kind of stuff but you know you don't have to look too far to see that it isn't I suppose the easiest time for a lot of people and for 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 this year, for for what they've raised so far, and we're not even at the final. I know it's maybe three weeks away um, at time of recording. That uh, that they really are pulling out all the stops and, and doing the best to to make sure you do walk away with some 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 decent. Honestly, honestly, Matt. I mean, I I, I did. I looked at um, after the masterclass, Emma and I were talking, and it it's looking to me like the girls this year alone. They'll 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 easily hit fifty thousand between Cancer Research UK and Alex's Wish, which, yeah, do you know what changes lives? Yeah, I think when it's all said and done, it'll probably be a bit over that. I, I've just got a hunch, <laughs> <laughs> and and you know the fact that we know that it's going through you to go and make a difference, I think is, and it it talks back to the, the the relationship point is that when you have got such a close working relationship, it puts trust in the it puts trust in the brand because even though cancer research uk isn't you know yours 
it is at the same time is we we associate that with it being you so i think the girls when they meet you and they meet you at the masterclass it then makes them want to pull even harder for you oh. and and for emma as well yeah so yeah, you get the best out of them for sure yeah there was so many girls came and spoke to me afterwards some have their own personal stories some you know they'd lost people there was a a, a real passion um there was a lot there was a lot of emotion like you mentioned that a lot of emotion and yeah I mean one one thing um we've got about six or seven brand new Cancer Research UK ambassadors from the girls from this year they're, they're doing phenomenal stuff phenomenal what, stuff. what does um an ambassador what constitutes an ambassador for for Cancer Research UK so basically it's because they're becoming an ambassador in their own area in their own communities but they might have a passion for something. So we've got um one of the Miss uh, Miss, Miss GB finalists. Am I allowed to say a name? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Taslima. Taslima is just amazing. And um, I just Taslima off the top of my head. So she's really passionate about lung cancer. She lost um, a family member very, very young, early 30s. And I know she's, you know, she's spoke openly about it. So she's been working with our campaigns team on the smoke free campaign. So she went along with our campaigns manager and some other supporters, uh, ambassadors, and they took the petition to 10 Downing Street a couple of weeks ago. So Taslima was there with the team, with our team, representing Cancer Research UK, making change, lobbying for change and also flying the Miss Great Britain organisation flag as well. Wonderful. It's just, yeah, it's 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 not just the funds they raise, it's everything else that, you know, yeah. just builds and builds. It's yeah. massive. And I, I really don't think, um, and certainly before I got involved in this in this crazy world um, yeah. of passion. Your life's never been the same, has it, Matt? <laughs> oh, it hasn't, it hasn't. Uh, my feet kill from heels. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Um, I, to be it, <laughs> it's, it's it's completely overlooked. I think the just the amount of work that the the girls and this is the the wider pageantry community as well. It's not just GB um, do for society, for charity, for you know, for women's empowerment. You know, and as I say regularly on the podcast, because I think it's important for people to get this through their heads. The the strap line for Miss Great Britain, I don't even like calling it a strap line because it's a culture. The culture yeah. of Miss Great Britain is celebrating the diversity in women's excellence. That is what um, myself and staff decided that, that what, that's the culture of, uh, of Miss Great Britain. And it doesn't get spoken about enough. So me and staff, there's projects that we've got going on in the background to really try and help you know, elevate that and just show people show the wider community like what it means to actually be involved in in pageants and where it then if and if you stay involved in the the pageantry world as it were where it takes you in terms of career self-development education um uh, and so on it's a, it's a really important a really important part it's it's absolutely huge honestly um i know with rebecca she was yeah she was a confident dancer but she wasn't confident when she went to a live heat as, as an 18 year old frightened girl and to go on stage, you know, with 50, 60 other amazing girls 
um, she wasn't confident at all. And actually looking back now, she'll say, I can't, mom, I can't, you know, I actually did that. And it's, yeah, it, the development and the opportunities and just that confidence that it gives you. I mean, I've never done it personally, but I can see with the other girls that, that we work with how they just, yeah, it, you know, obviously Saffron's a perfect example of it. Gosh, we, you know, we all know a story and yeah, it's just, it's just mind blowing what, what the pageantry world does for you. If you do it right and you do, and you stay true to yourself and you get involved with what matters mm -hmm. because that's where you'll get your growth from, I imagine. I know I do. I get growth from doing good things and doing the best job I can. Yep. Yeah, we make mistakes. Everybody does. But it, it gives you that platform to go forward with your life. Absolutely. And if you come into it with your eyes set on being able to contribute and give back, but more importantly, give back to yourself. Like you see the the girls that have come back through GB over you know the last maybe three years or so, or certainly since I've been involved since it was probably around 2017 because when Saf handed a crown back, we were we were together at this point. Yeah. So um, that was really my first exposure to it. And there's still some girls that that still competing um, in GB that were in and around when she was competing as well. Yeah, and you yeah. just see the, the 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 development that that's come from them. And I don't, I think, I don't think it's, people don't realize actually it is a, a self-development, almost career course in, inside of a hobby, you know, you know? yeah, and, and, I think, absolutely. and when people approach it like that and see, see it for what it is, um, I wouldn't be surprised if over the next sort of three to five years, we didn't see a, really an explosion in, uh, in people attending these kind of events. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, we've got a lot of work to do still in every, you know, anything good takes work and um, we've got to keep raising the platform and that in turn raises the platform and the awareness of Alex's wish and Cancer Research UK and people think, wow, you know, there's, there's so much more to just going on stage what people's preconceived ideas of pageants are because these women are outstanding they are absolutely outstanding and you know so and, and real role models you know they really absolutely. are absolutely 100 percent. so with with taking kind of a different turn where um charities are concerned do you ever get hit with negativity or um you know sort of any kind of backlash or any of that kind of stuff does that happen do you see that within a uh like a charity format Oh yeah, 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 we do. And um, often it's like, well, you know, you get paid or you pay your CEO X amount of money, all oh, that kind of stuff that every big successful charity gets. Actually, how I look at it, and obviously I know our figures and please don't start me, get me to start quoting because I can, if you want me to, but I've got to dig deep in my head, but we're really Let's 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 quote. <laughs> so we're really transparent within Cancer Research UK of how much we pay people and how much money of every pound donation we know how much of that pound is going to research. So we can say for sure, for absolute double sure, that at least eighty pence in every pound goes to research. So unfortunately, we do have to pay scientists. 
we've got an amazing CEO who is an MBE, I believe, an amazing lady. Um, and we kind of want to pay a fairly decent because she'll just leave because she's really talented. And actually, if you've got 400 million coming in and you're spending it on science and life-saving research, you kind of need somebody who's worth a few pounds to pay every month. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I certainly won't want to go to bed with that on my shoulders. So occasionally we get that. It doesn't bother me. I think ask away. We've absolutely nothing to hide. And um, and nor should it, you know. The, uh, this um, it kind of gets my goat a little bit because, and I think sometimes I guess the charity sector is has been tarnished where you know scams and things have uh, have come in and what have you. But the thing is, the, the scams everywhere in life, yeah. and, and yeah. it just becomes an unfortunate thing. But you know, a charity, the way I see, and this is just a personal opinion, the way I see charities it is a it is a business that and a business has to pay its costs and its expenses and what have you, and it needs staff and it needs someone at the head of it in order to generate it for the greater good. So these people have to have their their livelihood taken care of and for at a decent level because nobody really understands what it takes to actually run a business. And I think right. um, obviously with Saffron working so hard working uh, for uh, as you know the the head of Miss Great Britain, I think people often think that everything ha is, is done for free. And therefore, it, it just materialises, and and it doesn't. It's the same as a charity. Things cost a lot of money, yeah. and in order to put on the the scale of um, the the charity outreach events and the marketing, because that's what it is, marketing for for Cancer Research UK, is yeah. it takes a lot of manpower and it takes a lot of people having to get paid to make that happen. But the flip side is is that you make the tune of what, I mean, what's cancer research raised to date? Would you, would you know off the top of your head? Oh, to date. I mean, with the first um, part of cancer research UK, if you like, I mean, obviously with, a, it's kind of with amalgamated, we had two charities back uh, a number of years ago um, that became cancer research UK. I think it was just before I joined, maybe 2008. You see, I can't, I've got a lot going on in my head at the minute, trying to remember things, but so the first ever cancer research was a hundred years ago. So there's it's we've evolved a long way. So sure. I don't know that figure, Matt. I can probably find out for you. But I won't be surprised if it's not to the tune of probably within the billions by now raised. For... Yeah, I mean, race for life has almost hit one billion. Wow. So you put that into context yeah. of let's say you know you're going to run uh, you, you as in Andrea is going to run Cancer Research UK. And you've raised over, let's just say, let's really narrow it down. So you've raised only a billion quid, only a billion. I mean, a lot of lives have changed with a billion quid. Yeah, yeah. For that billion quid, we're going to pay you 200,000 a year to make sure you're raising the next billion quid. Now, people are going to pay that over and over and over again because it's such a exactly. tiny percentage of such a huge number. But exactly. to then to look at it and go, well, oh, that CEO is being paid two hundred grand or whatever is it being paid? Doesn't matter whether it's being made uh, being paid a million quid if they're generating X amount of billion for for, for charity. So, um, yeah. and I think it's important because this this podcast is about the the charities and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I'm more than happy to say that for you because you know I, I you. Have a business and yeah. and it doesn't happen just by you know tickles and twigglets we you have to <laughs> if, if, so if it, it'd be great but unfortunately it's the world turns because we have to yeah you have to pay for it 
Yeah, yeah we have we have four thousand scientists, doctors, and nurses that need paying, and none yeah, and of they ain't going to work for a quid each. For <laughs> no, no, and, uh, and that's the thing. It's you 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 can't have the yin without the yang. So, you know, I'm I, I'm just hugely like grateful for us as as a brand, and I speak for obviously Saffron as well to to be associated with you guys because we know that you are the, the ones that are doing it properly and that are are transparent and are changing a lot of a lot of people's lives and and opening a lot of eyes as well to to yeah. um to just hopefully uh, at some point in time getting it sorted it would be lovely if at some point you don't need to exist anymore wouldn't it that's our goal that's I mean, we'll, we'll employ you if that's the, if that's what Thank happens. You. We're, we're, I'd love to work for you, you honestly. Got, <laughs> you got a place in, in Miss GB. No, yeah. that's no problem. Absolutely no. No, problem. And, and and absolutely. And that takes, you know, just on some stats because because they are important. So, you know, when I was growing up, even like early 70s, probably 20 I'm just trying to think, 25% of people would survive cancer. You know, 40 years on, 50% of people survive a cancer diagnosis for at least 10 years or more. Mm -hmm. And what, what what our aim is, is to get it to 75%. So three in four people, we are saying, will survive a cancer diagnosis by 2034. So in the next sort of 10 years. Wow. And that's basically, so what we're trying, what we're trying to do is, we it took us 40 years to go from 25% to 50%. But what we're doing is we're going from 50 to 75% in half that time. And we know now, because we've just changed, speaking of strap lines, we've just changed ours. I know, I think I mentioned it at the masterclass. We've changed ours from together we will beat cancer to together we are beating cancer, which is really exciting for us as staff because we, you know, you know, you go through everything day by day by day. Some things go really well, some things don't go as well. We all have frustrations and I've, you know, been fortunate enough to listen to scientists over the years that have been with Cancer Research UK and they are the most frustrated bunch of people. But what we do know is now in 2023 is that we've saved, the research has saved over a million lives since the 1980s alone. And cancer death rates are down by 16% just in the last sort of 20 years. So that's 16% is a lot of people. That's someone's mom, sister, child, you know, don't get me started about childhood cancers and, and our progress. Honestly, I, I could chat all day about it. It's, it's so exciting. It's exciting to be a part of that. And what, what's the, probably the most exciting bit? What bit have you seen recently that's been a breakthrough that, you know, really makes you think, oh, my God, actually, maybe in the next 10 years, this could be done? Yeah. So I think I also mentioned at the Masterclass, the HPV virus. Um, so that my both my girls are in their early 20s, had the HPV vi um, virus vaccine at school. Uh, what's not something that I had it wasn't there but we've developed that and it's now all, all most teenagers have it unless they don't have it by choice through whatever reason and for um, people that don't know what that is what is that either prevent that, yes so basically the HPV virus can lead to cervical cancer so what's happened? What's happened is now that that age group of people, cervical cancer rates are down um, by ninety five percent. So it's almost kind of eradicated cervical cancer, and it will do as you know as as we go forward. 
which is that's happened since I've worked for Cancer Research UK uh, on a personal story of you know we just talked about children um my friend who I worked with you know back in the day um her 13 year old son got diagnosed with leukemia type of leukemia um and it went it was horrendous I, I won't go into details books it's very emotional but we went on a you know two or three year journey where he couldn't go to school I think it was a couple of years couldn't go to school so we missed kind of most of sort of 13 14 15 of school um went through loads of different treatments it came back nothing was working they had the dreaded conversation of right this is the last thing we can do this is the last thing we can offer and it's it's cured wow it's cured it's just done this GCSEs passed them all had his prom gone to college started to start his A-levels like in September last month and I remember seeing that little boy thinking, I remember saying to my husband, I can't do what I do and see them lose him, their only child. And back 30, 40 years ago, it wouldn't have been the case. We would have lost him. Mm. So children with leukemia, probably 20% survived back in the day. Today, it's about 70, 80%. That's incredible. So seeing that firsthand, how, you know, I miss you know that I've seen that young guy grow up the young lad grow up is a lovely really bright boy but he was just got you know was going to school suddenly he was struggling with PE lessons he was tired you know all well is anemic and da 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 and his mom and his dad were something's wrong mm. and she literally carried him into the hospital and he got diagnosed with within a couple of hours and I remember taking the call from her and yeah I look at him now and think thank god for research thank god for every volunteer for every supporter for every pound that you know we've all raised over the years not me yeah I mean I obviously do donations to CIUK but just being part of part of that is yeah it's it's you don't often get that in the job no <laughs> very lucky yeah. So talking to the um to the symptoms, I think it's quite important for us to, to discuss what what are you looking for within yourself if you have that question because no one wants to sit there and think, oh my god, I don't feel right. Could it be? You, yeah. you don't. You never want to have that conversation with yourself. So, no. what are you actually looking for, or are the symptoms so broad that you know, you you start feeling off and you get checked anyway. What what is it that people are looking for? I mean, obviously, there's over two hundred different types of cancer, so that's why it's not so easy. Just to, why have you not cured cancer? Because is there is there a generic cancer. like to look for? She, I know, obviously, no. lumps. Every, and, yeah. So basically, just just so you know, anyone who listens, every tumor is different. Every chemotherapy is different. Everybody's cancer is different. So it's not just, well, why we're not found a cure for cancer. It's, it's vast, absolutely vast. What I would say is, obviously, certain things, losing weight, if you've got, you're bleeding from somewhere that shouldn't, isn't there, it's not right, obviously any lumps. But you know what, I'm, the main thing I would say is, we all know our own bodies. And I know mine, you know yours, we all do. If something changes that's lo that's longer than, 
you know, whether it's when you go to the loo or something, so that it lasts, say, two weeks or any longer, you need to get it checked. And that would be, that's the message I share with most people I speak to is we know our own bodies. If something doesn't feel right, go, be persistent, go back, go back, go back. And the good news is nine times out of 10, even, and I've, you know, I've gone to the doctors and said, oh my, you know, I'm writing letters to my kids. <laughs> Think, this is me. Why do I, why would I get away with it? You know, I'm bound to have it. And I've gone, you know, three or four times, you know, getting older as a woman and thought, oh, I'm not sure that's quite right. And I've been referred a couple of times. And the, the main message is nine times out of 10, even if you get referred, it's not cancer. So people need to remember that it's probably not more yeah. likely not to be than it is, but just be persistent and know your own body. Check, go to your screening appointments. Screening is obviously vital. Mm. But yeah, some people still not go into screening appointments. No. And that's where the girls have really helped. And I know I'm going to be working tomorrow on some breast cancer um, bits and pieces for the girls, um, the Miss Great Britain girls, because they'll they share it on their platform. So they'll say, guys, ladies, it's not just, doesn't it just affect ladies? It's get breast cancer awareness month, October. Um, this is the symptoms. These are the symptoms you need to look out for. Probably I, I not. Know that, I know that a lot of the girls, uh, or the girls that are particularly, you know, involved in, in CRUK, um, I won't name them obviously as national director, but I know some are very, specific on cervical and then there's others that are really going down the route of of breast cancer and, and so on and so forth so it's interesting that uh, and you, you obviously explained about the the girl with the, the lung cancer um it's interesting that they've they've picked and almost niched down the the, the 200 types of the things that actually mean the most to them that they want to have the most voice on as well that must be quite good for you to to see so you Mind can take voices yeah. It's mind blowing because they're so passionate about and and you know what I know one of the finalists she's been through it she's she's in her thirties she's been through cancer twice I believe she's just an amazing lady and she has got such a story to tell and she's become an she's becoming an ambassador and you can sit and and we talked about this didn't we we've spoke about it Mike that storytelling Emma spoke about it from Alex's wish. I did, you know, Saffron tells her, her story. You, you've got to, it's sharing your stories and what's happened that motivates people and it gets messages across. Because mm. if it doesn't matter to you, then you think, well, that's all well and good, but not got cancer in my family or, yeah, you know. So, yeah, when the girls take something um, that's important to them, that's when you know we move mountains because it, they're so passionate yeah with, without a doubt all, all of them yeah. are yeah fantastic they are is there anything that we've not covered that you you'd like to is there anything that um that i've not asked you that you would like to like speak about either career-wise or um see how you, uh, or your, your own experience wise yeah i think the only other thing that i've probably mention is um because I'm now 54 obviously and I've been in the charity sector getting on for 30 years um and 
we talked about we often talk about imposter syndrome and doubting ourselves and and I I remember speaking to Dion about it at the masterclass and um you know an ex Miss Great Britain and we were saying like everybody kind of has that and I certainly do and I think if I could speak to myself in my 20s now I would say be yourself try not to compare and just do what feels right and things usually work out because I think especially nowadays we can all be kind of worried about what other people think and do we look okay do we look you know is people thinking things about us and I would say yeah be yourself be true to yourself and do what's right for you and try and feel good enough surround yourself by positive people Mm. I think with my role and and my whole time in the charity sector even at my previous charity I've worked with the most amazing talented people who are so committed and if they're not they tend to not hang around the charity sector very long so and I think they've enriched my journey without a doubt and kind of made me able to do the job that I do today so it's kind of like I don't know trust your instincts go with go with the flow and um yeah well, you... I see my girls as well you know they're they're um there's one they're so different but they've I've really always said to them you know be yourselves do what's right for you and they're both completely different but they're very similar and we really laugh our heads off even if things aren't going great we really laugh we try and laugh every day to the point that we've fallen off the sofa laughing honestly sometimes <laughs> and um yeah because life's tough sometimes isn't it so yeah absolutely and working in the the role that you you do you have massive highs and you know crushing lows you know and everything in between so you know the I mean let's talk to the imposter thing the 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 imposter elephant in the room I'm a guy doing a pageantry podcast as one of a good job though Matt pretty good (laughs) I I really I really would not agree but I suppose that's on me but it doesn't matter you know who you are what you do background I think anybody who is striving to better themselves in in any area or to to whether you consider yourself a high performer or not I do um as in consider you Andrea a high performer is that all high performers will you know there's no one more critical of themselves than themselves you know and and I learned something actually this weekend I was on a uh, a seminar weekend this weekend and one of the, the the lines was learn to negotiate with yourself really well and it really just stuck out for me about you know when you are having the imposter syndrome or when you're when you're trying to build new disciplines new habits or you know just wanting to sit down and write a chapter of a book that you've always wanted to write with you it's about negotiating with negotiating with yourself and winning more than you back down (laughs) with yourself yeah (laughs) absolutely right yeah and and I I don't know about you, but sometimes I wake up and think, I don't know whether I can do this today. You know, I've got elderly, elderly parents and, you know, and my girls, are, you know, obviously I worry about them, even though they're absolutely fine and they're, they're really successful, both of them. 
but I think, oh, wow, here we go. Can I do the job that I do as well as I do it? I went to an event yesterday. Alarm went off at 5.15. And I was thinking, I'm going to support this event. It's not it's not one of my, in my area. It's for another member of the team. And thinking, I don't know whether I can do this. I've never met these people over the, you know, on a Teams call. Um, and uh, yeah, and I sat in my car and I was pretty nervous. And then, you know, you get out there, you meet people. They're all taking part in this amazing event for Cancer Research UK. And by the time you drive home, you think, actually, that was fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 30 years on, I'm still sitting in my car thinking, whoa, right, deep breaths. The, so, I think, you know, the more you care, the more you despair. <laughs> that, yeah, you're you, so you, right. You can have that. That just came into my head. <laughs> you can have I'm it. I'm going to make a note of that one. Yeah, you, can, you can use that. I'll let you. Uh, yeah. this one. You can... <laughs> Um, Andrew, it's been absolutely wicked talking to you, as I knew it would be. So you had nothing to be nervous about because I think you know you you got over all of the points like so eloquently and you're so knowledgeable about the subject. It's been a huge pleasure to to sit and have a chat with you for just under an hour. Can I just finish by saying that thank you to you and Saffron, seriously, from the bottom of my heart. And everyone at Cancer Research UK, we are so proud of this partnership and everything you, Saffron, and the girls do for us. Um, yeah, hugely, hugely appreciated. I hope you know that. And 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 straight, you know, right back at you because you know you do a lot for us as well uh, that a lot of people don't uh, know about. You know, the fact that you just the stuff that you sort out for us and for the girls and for the winners and what have you is you know above and beyond, and we don't take that for granted. We, we really don't. Um, is uh, and that's obviously on behalf of, of Saffron and, and the GB brand as well. But it's been Thank wicked. You. Thank you. It's been absolutely fantastic speaking to you, um, guys. If you're listening, please go over and check out the CIUK dot uh, org. Am I right? Dot org. Cancerresearchuk.org.uk. That's our website. And if you've got any yeah any concerns? It's packed full of information. And there's a nurse helpline there that will take. Any calls, even if it's not for you, for you, if it's for a family member, a friend, um, they they take calls between nine and five, Monday to Friday. So Wonderful. phenomenal. And if you come okay. into the final, you, you, we'll see you there as well final. On, on final night, which will be absolutely fantastic. So, um, guys, please uh, go over and, and have a look at what they're doing with the Cancer Research uh, UK website. And, uh, Andrea, it's been an absolute pleasure. Guys, this has been Season 1, Episode 5 with uh, Andrea Day from Cancer Research UK. Um, what's the new strap line? We'll finish on that. Together we are beating cancer. Wonderful. Thanks, guys. Please like, subscribe and, and share. And uh, we'll see you on the next time around. Thank you very much.